0: Hello, and welcome to this edition of Community Connections. I'm your host, Chuck Curlin. Today, our topic is Laurel House, and from the Laurel House is the volunteer coordinator, Samantha Kohlhofer. Welcome to the program, Samantha. Thanks for having me. Well, Laurel House is something that's here in the area. Can you give us a little bit of background and what your responsibilities are?
1: Sure. Laurel House is a comprehensive domestic violence agency. A lot of people think we're just a shelter. We're actually more than that. We are a 27-bed shelter located in Norristown. But we also offer counseling services and many other things that help uh, women when they are in victims, when they're victims of domestic violence. So, how were you chosen to come here to represent Laurel House today? Well, I'm the volunteer coordinator. So, I'm in charge of recruiting people to come and spend some time with us. We need volunteers for everything that we do from helping out at the shelter, sorting donations that we're fortunate enough to get. Uh, child care for, so that the moms can go to counseling or support group. We do lots of tabling events in the community for like a, a Lansdale Day or a Worcester Day. We like to have people out with a lot of our pamphlets, business cards, information, hotline, so that people know who we are and that there is an option if they are victims of domestic violence. So we need volunteers to work those tables and to talk about what we do. And face painting for the kids, anything that's going to make people try to come to us to get some information and learn more about domestic violence and how they can help somebody when they are in need. Yeah, I'm curious, being the volunteer coordinator, it's there's gotta be challenges, right? Lots of challenges. Uh, for example, we have people that will do counseling. We offer free counseling to all of our clients, and we have people that come for counseling in the middle of the day, and it's hard to get childcare then it's also hard. People don't want to talk about domestic violence. So mm-hmm. it's really hard to get people to be on board to be a volunteer. It's a lot prettier to work for a Susan G. Komen or a Cradles to Crayons, which are fantastic organizations that I actually volunteer for. Right. But um, it, it is a, a challenge sometimes to get volunteers. Yeah, and Laurel House is national too correct? No, we're located just in Montgomery County. Oh, it's uh, not? We so... do work with the Pennsylvania Coalition Against Domestic Violence, PCADV, mm-hmm. and they work with NCADV, which I believe is the National Coalition. But Laurel House itself is just a Montgomery County, Pennsylvania-based uh, oh, see agency. That?
0: Yeah, I, I, I was under the impression that it was something that it was growing nationally, because we've had Laurel House for years, especially here on our program. So I I guess I had the assumption that it was something that was all over, because right. I remember... Um, The Philadelphia Eagles head coach Andy Reid, his wife was involved with Laurel House as well.
1: and We still have a partnership this year. We are uh, community partners with the Philadelphia Eagles. They pick 3 nonprofits every year. We were chosen this year along with Variety Club and I can't remember the other one. But it's great. We've had some of the Eagles players come out to our shelter and interact with the kids. And we have Lunch and Learns down at the NovaCare Center once a month with different staff members to learn video cameras, this type of thing, social media, all sorts of things. Wow. So So, I did hear Tammy Reed was here once and we've had other people. We've been around since 1980. So the fact that you know us and think we're that big is great. That means the word is getting out. Yes,
0: definitely. Yeah. You figure almost 40 years, that's pretty good. And it's it's growing too as well. um, You being a a volunteer coordinator, is that how you came into the organization or were you just a volunteer and then...
1: No, I was a freelance writer at home with my daughter, and she was getting ready to go to kindergarten last year, and I thought it was time for me to get out of the house. So I was trying to decide what I wanted to do. I had worked in uh, nonprofits before. I worked for Jewish Federation of Greater Philadelphia a lifetime ago, (laughs) and I knew I liked nonprofits. I liked working for something that was just something that wasn't necessarily the bottom line, but working with people. And so I saw the ad for Laurel House. My mom was a social worker for many years in Montgomery County. I'd heard of Laurel House, so I thought, well, that could be Interesting. And it's just been, it's been almost a year and it's just been an incredible ride.
0: Wow, so that's good, so that's fascinating. And and you've been nominated to represent Laurel House I have been
1: nominated, yes. Yes,
0: I'm sure the people told you that this is a very good experience to share the word with what Laurel House is all about.
1: Listen, I, not even joking, tell everybody what I do all the time. My Facebook feed, my Instagram feed, I'm constantly talking about Laurel House. I have not, I'm very fortunate that I'm not a victim of domestic violence, nor is anybody in my immediate family. But when I see what we do for women, empowering women and children, and the men that need our services too, it's, there's nothing like it. And I was telling you uh, before the taping, I have people call me more people than I even know what to do with. They wanna cook dinner at the shelter and they wanna donate clothes We so many clothes and toys and uh, I mean, diapers, paper goods, you name it. I, at least once a day, I would say we get donations at our administrative offices. People just want to give back. So there's the people that don't want to talk about domestic violence. And then there's right. the people that can't stop talking about it because they know if shelters and agencies like Laurel House did not exist, we'd be in a much, much worse place.
0: Yes. Cause it is, a, it's a difficult subject to discuss, especially the person who is the victim. And that's the question I had. Um, is the Laurel House continue? Is there, is what's the occupancy like? I know you said 27 beds. Is it pretty much? In use constantly? I believe
1: it's pretty much full most of the time. Yes, we're a 27-bed shelter. Um, We have everything from cribs and pack and plays. And I think, uh, I I don't want to say teens up until, I guess, 18. But I don't think, I think it's... um, we were talking earlier about men. We, it's yeah. a women-only shelter. Right. So I think boys up until maybe 14 or 15 at the most, um, because it just becomes uncomfortable, is communal living. So mm-hmm. everybody's sharing everything, cooking for everybody, cleaning for everybody. And again, you're coming, if you think about this, you're coming from a situation where either a violent situation or it's not your plan to be in a communal living domestic violence shelter. So we're very um cognizant of the fact there's a lot of emotions, a lot of feelings that are there. So So... so
0: Say, for instance, a mother uh, with three or four children, it can be accommodated at Laurel House.
1: Absolutely. We'll keep the families together in a room. We try to keep all the families per room. You have privacy in your room. Everything else is communal, but you do have your privacy in in your own room. Um, Yeah, that's if we have to put a couple of pack and plays in or, um, you know, we've got car seats. Everything, again, there is donated. Wow. Um, Everything.
0: But, for instance, if uh, 27... it, could, it accommodates 27 if you go over to that limit, what would happen?
1: Right. In that instance, if it was just a short stay, we would find a local hotel that mm-hmm. we could do business with. And again, we'd be able to pay for that with donor the money that we get from our donors. If not, we would contact another county, uh, Berks, uh, Bucks, Delaware. There's uh, Unfortunately, there's a need for DV shelters in every county, in uh, Pennsylvania at least I know. So we would contact, we do a lot of work with other counties. And we would help them and they would help us and vice versa. A lot of times the residents in our shelter are not from Montgomery County because it could be dangerous for them. Even though the shelter address is confidential, mm-hmm. we have been there since 1980. The neighborhood knows who we are. People know who we are. So if there's somebody that might have an abuser in the heart of Norristown and there's a risk of them seeing their, um, the person who's being abused, then we might go up to Reading and, you know, vice versa.
0: And you should take note; it's just not physical abuse. There's a number of different terms. There's mental abuse, economic abuse. There's absolutely technology
1: is a big thing we're seeing too, where people are tracking each other's cell phones, especially in teens. Mm -hmm. We're seeing where they're putting trackers on, or they're constant texting. I'm trying to have a conversation with you now. My phone is constantly lighting up. That is a form of abuse: emotional abuse, as you said, physical, financial. Mm -hmm. Um, People can't afford to move out if it's a woman and she has two children and. A dog or a cat or whatever kind of animal, but it's it's too cumbersome to find a place to go. We can't take animals at the shelter if the animals are left behind. Animals are people's family. I can yeah. speak to my two cats. Well, I'm not leaving them behind, <laughs> right. you know. So, um, and if they can't afford to move out on their own, or if uh, fi- financial is is a big deal, big deal.
0: Too. So you you have a mix mixture of everything, and that's I guess that's the point uh, on the financial end of it. Um, what type of training would come involved? Like, because obviously we all know about the physical abuse, but there has to be a whole different line of training for the other uh, electronic abuse and and financial abuse. Correct. So
1: uh, we have all kinds of training. We offer training ourselves, and we go out like we have a community education coordinator who goes into the middle schools, the high schools, and camps during the summer and talks to the kids about safe dating. We don't uh-huh. call it domestic violence; they call it you know safe dating and um, what's okay and um, What's not okay, even if it's, you know, we'll start something where uh, a boy and a girl are, are doesn't even matter what the genders are, holding hands, Mm -hmm. and does that feel okay? And then interlocking arms, and does that feel okay? And then sticking a finger in the ear. Well, that doesn't feel okay, and it's okay to say that's not okay. Teaching them that kind of silliness, then hopefully it will resonate when something's not okay as they get older and they know to say that's not okay. So I always think that's very interesting. We have had people from financial institutions, banks that want to come out to the shelter, uh, specifically um, around tax time and help women with their taxes or help them balance a checkbook. We do have transitional housing. I don't think I mentioned that. We have six units, I believe, uh, four in North Wales and two in Norristown, Mm -hmm. where you can, uh, leave the shelter if you're not ready to find a place or you have not been able to find a place on your own. The transitional housing is up to two years. And a lot of times, uh, those women or mothers will pay rent and we keep that rent for them so that when they leave, they can have that money back. But we teach them how to balance a checkbook, how to make money for rent and groceries and, balance that because a lot of times these women are coming from backgrounds where they didn't have to do that before and now suddenly they're in charge of doing all of this and samantha i I know uh laurel house with the
0: abuse is a big thing domestic abuse the hotline has to be probably one of the most important vehicles to get people information.
1: Oh, absolutely. We have the hotline number on business cards, printed materials, our website. It's 1-800-642-3150. It is manned 24-7 or womaned, we'll both probably uh, 24-7. And you do not have to call it Because you are in a situation and you need to flee. You can call it because you have a question about safety planning. You can call it because your sister or your niece or your cousin or your aunt might have a question one day that's, it's train, uh, you need to have a 45 hour minimum training to work the hotline and they're prepared to ask, answer any kind of questions you have. So I wouldn't want someone to feel that. It's also many different lines. We don't want, I've heard that people don't want to call it because they don't want to clog the line up in case they have to, somebody with a more urgent issue has to come through. It's not an issue. Call anytime, day or night, and there's somebody there to help.
0: And and one thing we should point out is domestic abuse is not only For the females, there's also a hotline for the men as well.
1: Absolutely. I meant, I should have said that in the beginning. We say she because traditionally it, it, it's it's the easier pronoun to use. But we see uh, men, women, transgender, bisexual, uh, LBGTQ, everything. It doesn't matter what sex you are to be In a situation where you are being abused, and we help everybody. We can only house the women, as I think I said earlier, women and uh, children. We can do both sexes, but for men, we will find a hotel. We will find a safe haven for them. Counseling is available, regardless. As I said, the counseling is 100% free, so you don't have to go through your benefits, so that your partner doesn't see that you're going through your benefits. You don't have to justify it to anybody. Confidential counseling, and that's done right at our offices in East Norriton. We also have counseling actually in Pottstown, Bryn Mawr, North Wales and Huntington Valley.
0: Wow. Oh, so you really have the counties covered here. We try. We yeah. try. Huntington
1: Valley is our newest location, actually at Nicole's Place mm-hmm. in Huntington Valley. It was named for Nicole Rhodes Peppelman, who was a victim of DV. Wow. And her family came together within a year or two, I believe, of her passing and created Nicole's Place, which is a safe place. And it's new for us. It's in a strip mall right in Huntington Valley. So it's not a hidden. It's out in the open. And we do counseling there. I want to say in a year, we have over 30 women that have come. I, I could be wrong, it could be even higher, that have found us just by walking on the street and found us and and come for free counseling.
0: Wow. And But one thing I've noticed too, that they have uh, thrift shops involved with Laurel House as well.
1: Yes. Can you share a little bit of insight on that? So Laurel's Loft is in Lansdale. Mm-hmm. I was born and raised in Lansdale, didn't know that it was there. Uh, it is right on um, Broad and Cowpath in Lansdale. And the other one is Marion's Attic, which is right off of 202 uh, in King of Prussia. And that location I believe is about four years old. It used to be further back in King of Prussia. Both thrift shops are run by Laura House staff members and the rest are completely volunteer. 100% of the proceeds go back to us, which is amazing. We take donations all year round, pretty much anything except for maybe children's um, things that could have warranties. Warranties. So we don't take high chairs and that type of thing. But pretty much anything you want, you could be there. It's uh, high-end stuff, new or gently used. And the thing I really like the most about both of the thrift shops is that we have brochures for Laurel House there, business cards, brochures, information. So if you're coming in off the street and you want some information, but you're not ready to call a shelter, you're not ready to even stop by an administrative office, you can pick up a pamphlet, the hotline is on there. And you can find out some information and maybe just look at it. I've heard people say, looking at it in print, they'll say, oh, my gosh, I am being abused. Because you think it's not going to happen to you. It's not going to happen to your sister. It's not going to happen to your cousin, your aunt, your friend. And then you see it written down. We have examples of what domestic violence is.
0: Yeah, because you're right. that A lot of people just think it's physical and it's not. That's when it's spelled out. Then people say, this is definitely a situation because... I know um, we talked about in the last segment, the the financial end of it, because sometimes uh, a stay-at-home mom doesn't have an income. Right. Where is she to go? She doesn't have mm it. Right. Exactly. Because she's being supported by the husband.
1: And a lot of times we see abusers isolate their victims. So it comes to a point where they had people and they don't have people anymore. So... You know, in a situation, like I said, I'm fortunate enough that I'm not a victim of abuse, but I'm very close to my family. I've got two brothers. My mother lives locally. I would have somewhere to go. But if I was with an abuser who slowly beat me down, even emotionally over time, so that it was just me and just my child, Mm -hmm. where am I going to go?
0: You know, uh, uh, explain the isolation. That's something that's very interesting. Like, how would the abuser
1: isolate? A lot of uh, the abuser mentality is control plain and simple. You're not going to go out on a first date and uh, uh, your date punch you in the face. Right, it doesn't happen that way. Nobody would go back with that person again. Right. So it's built up over time where it's just the controlling of the situation, controlling the partner, so they believe that you, this is the only person I have that cares about me, that believes in me. They maybe brainwash you to believe that your family doesn't care about you anymore. Nobody loves you as much as I love you. So you're slowly whittled away that all you have is this one person and maybe the children that you have together. Yeah. So it's very much a controlling thing. And then you're left with no one. And again, if you're home or, you know, you work a, like I said, I work part time at my job, I wouldn't be able to, to move out on my own.
0: And you being the volunteer coordinator, is there a number of volunteers that you try to shoot for? Or? Oh,
1: I am so blessed. When I came into the position about a year ago, I think we had close to 200 volunteers, maybe oh, wow. 150. Right now, we're about 250 volunteers, maybe 50 or 75 that are active. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, anything from coming in to watch the kids so mom can go to support group. We have support group Monday through Friday at the shelter in the evenings, and we have support group every Tuesday in North Wales uh, also. And yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, we need volunteers for everything.
0: Now, do you float around to the different facilities to try to drum up more volunteers?
1: Not really. We do that at our community days. When we're out doing tablings, we always say, doesn't this look fun? (laughs) You can join us. (laughs) And it is fun. It's a great way. My daughter comes to tablings with me, she's five. And she went to, uh, I think it was uh, Toa Manson Day or Worcester Day, and she rode a pony, and she got her face painted, and she told everybody, Mommy's here for Laurel House. And, I mean, that's amazing. We're taking away the stigma of domestic violence, too, when my family so sh- I had my niece and my nephew at one of the tablings. Yeah. It, we shouldn't be embarrassed to talk about the fact that help is available when you need help.
0: Yeah, and, and, and as you mentioned, events.
1: There are plenty of events that get the word out to get people To feel and realize what's happening here. Lots of events. So we're in lots of places for community days and fairs, but we also have a gala every spring, which raises a lot of money. We have a walk a mile in her shoes. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's a national thing where men dress up in high heels and have to walk a mile. And it is hilarious. My husband and daughter came to support me and check it out uh, last year. And within 10 minutes, he had on a pair of red stilettos and was walking along with everybody else. It's a hilarious way to get the word out and to raise money. That is and awesome. we need the money.
0: Yes. And Samantha, you told us a lot about what Laurel House is all about and someone that's watching this program and they're like sitting here thinking, this is something I could volunteer my time to. Say they went online, what would they expect to find out?
1: So we have a great website, uh, www.laurel-house.org. You can find a lot of information there. You can email me directly at volunteers at laurel-house.org. What's great about our website is there's a big bar at the top that says, if you're in danger, click here, and it'll immediately switch to another browser. I don't know if it'll close your browser or switch to another browser, but it's it's a safety site so that if you are at home and you feel like you're in danger or if you're in a situation, you can still look us up, and with just a click of the mouse, you can immediately... Um, get off of there. But through there, you can meet our staff. You can see uh, the different events that we have there. I believe there's volunteer applications there if you want to fill them out. And we talk about the thrift shops on there, addresses of all that type of thing. A lot of uh, information, I think, about the Eagles, since we're super happy mm-hmm. that we have this community connection with them this year, community partnership. Um, yeah, all kinds of information there.
0: Well, the one thing I've noticed that you were telling us um, earlier that Laurel House, the Location's very private, but where you're located, the administrative offices are not. Is that a way that an abuser can get to the their loved one or their victim? Sure, that's
1: never been an instance. So I believe okay. we purchased this property or we moved into our administrative offices a little over a year ago. Before that, we used to be in a nondescript building also in Norristown, not far from the shelter. But with trying to do away with the stigma of domestic violence and needing office space and not being able to have all of our office people in a row home, they decided to make it public. On our website is the address for our administrative offices, and we're very open about that, very transparent about where we are. We have not once had an abuser come by an abuser technically as i said is somebody who is controlling and he or she does not want to be known as an abuser so the last thing they're going to do is walk into a domestic violence agency and announce themselves we do have people calling sometimes looking for our women uh uh, that are in the shelter and we're very very easily able to not give them the information but even that they just they're they're not interested in being known, kind of being outed as an abuser. If for some chance they were, and I think since 1980, we've had maybe two abusers stop by, and I can't tell you how many women we have um, had housed in that time. We have a very, very good relationship with the East Narretton Police Department, the Narristown Police Department, all of Montgomery, everyone in Montgomery County. Uh, our, I think that our, our cameras and all, both of our buildings have a direct feed into the local police stations. And uh, if we call the police, the the, the response time is immediate. So I never don't feel safe going to work. I've had my daughter at the office with me. I never feel that it's any place but very safe.
0: And I know the hotline seems to be the uh, epicenter of Laurel House. The training to man those phones, because you say it's 24-7, operation yes have you ever had the opportunity to sit in or experience? i have
1: i went through the 45 hour training so that I, I can't really ask my volunteers to do something i haven't done okay um it's very very informative you know just learning about um what an abuser is and what it's like to be abused because right. you think it would never happen to you and then we find that we have women in the shelter that were executives at pharmaceutical companies and banking you know it 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 I went off topic to what you asked, but domestic violence is not a, just one class of person or one race of person. It is every, it really can affect everybody.
0: Yeah, because I was asking that you sat through the training. I
1: did sat through the, yes, yes, I sat through the training and I have listened in on calls. And that's why I said people will call and ask, how do I set up my own bank account so I can start to get some freedom? Vers- and I've also heard the call, like, I need to get out now. And we will send an Uber to Plymouth Meeting Mall to pick them up and get them to safety. So it really runs the gamut. You have to have the right mindset to be able to handle that those calls because right. it can really take a toll on you. But also to know at the end of the day when you go home that you're helping
0: somebody. Yeah, the, the reason why I asked is I, w- I wonder what would happen if they could... I mean, it could. there could be a false alarm where people might not be 100% sure, especially like on the financial end. They might think, all right, maybe there are significant others handling all the finances they're holding them back but there might be something that they're not aware of that you're sending people out and it might not be this that dire of need right. that's what i'm well,
1: saying well we have a that's one thing i didn't talk about domestic abuse response team the dart team um they vet and screen they're also 24/7 they have their own hotline ah. they will go out in the middle of the night oftentimes uh, when I speak quickly, people think I'm saying it's the dark team right. because it's the middle of the night. But it is <laughs> Dart for team, and they will go to police uh, stations and hospitals for women that um, are need help in the middle of the night. We are also available during the day, also. Um, And I forgot, what let me just say the DART team. team. Oh, so there's there's a very thorough screening before we're going to tell someone to grab your purse and run to the mall. Gotcha. That's not going to happen. There is a very thorough, but the DART team is something that is very important. Same 45-hour training as the hotline and these um, women, mostly women, volunteers, uh, 24-7 to be able to answer a call, usually, like I said, from a police officer or a medical professional saying, we've got somebody here. They need help. They need an advocate with them. They don't know what to do. They're scared out of their mind. This is the first time they're willing to talk to somebody. Will you come out? And we have people throughout the county that will go to Pottstown Hospital, you know, North Penn, Abington, you know, wherever they need. So that's huge. Yeah. I was, I'm
0: curious, what type of volunteer do you normally seem to be Getting you being a volunteer coordinator, you're getting on to social workers, school teachers, who seems to get involved? I mean,
1: everybody, everybody. You have a lot of professionals that want to just do some extra, uh, time that they don't want to do their profession per se. Mm-hmm. So they want, you know, in their free time, they want to help out. We have a photographers, teachers, social, a lot of social workers. A lot of our staff are social worker backgrounds have MSWs, um, and that certainly makes sense. A lot of students, um, college students. We get a lot of students from Gwinnett Mercy, Cabrini, Villanova, which is wonderful. Um,
0: okay, are there people that it. need to fill community hours? Are they not? Re- sometimes
1: know? it starts out like that, and then mm-hmm. they. We, then I was going to say we can't get rid of them. I was thinking of one mm-hmm. in particular who's a fantastic <laughs> volunteer. She started off as an intern and then a volunteer, and uh, she's just spectacular. We needed help answering the phones over the holiday season. We were so busy, and we can't. She came in one day, so. They, we get to like like to start them out as interns and then keep them forever. Uh, but I mean, is there anybody. a lifespan?
0: By the way, is there like you say? Oh, usually volunteers last a year, two no. years. No. no, we'll
1: keep you as long as you want to stay. <laughs> so once yeah. you're in, you're in. Oh yeah, we have much older volunteers who will come and help decorate cookies for an event, and you know maybe answer the phones at the front desk. And then we've got, you know, we'll take you as soon as you're 18, pretty much.
0: That is awesome. Well, as we wind down the program, it's a perfect opportunity to just share. These annual events for people that look are looking for more information, this is where they could go to the gala and there's other
1: things that you mm-hmm. have, correct? Absolutely. The gala is at a different country club every year. It's a lot of fun. It's always very fancy and uh, nice. And we usually have some guest speakers there that will talk about uh, survivors that we will have there, mm-hmm. as well as some other guest speakers. Walk a Mile in Her Shoes is a fantastic event, very fun Um, You don't necessarily have to give money, but just participating, telling people that you're doing it, that I'm helping to end the stigma on domestic violence and getting to your husband or your brother, your uncle or your dad to wear a pair of red stilettos is It's, it's worth hysterical. your morning. Yeah, it's worth your morning. for yeah,
0: sure. that's definitely one of those uh, video moments. That you keep oh, for a tons while. of video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. And the, the hotline, I guess we should share that before we close out the program. Yes,
1: definitely. The hotline is the, the biggest thing that you need to take away. And again, that is 1-800-642-3150.
0: Well, Samantha, I'd like to thank you very much for being our guest here today. Samantha Kohlhofer, she is the volunteer coordinator for Laurel House. We'd like to thank you once again. And from all of us here at UMGA Television, I'm Chuck Curlin. Thank you for watching.